welcome back to the podcast. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the letter of James. Now, we live in a world that tells us what to think day by day. Is that something a Christian should just live with? Well, James in this letter, he wants to warn us about double-mindedness, living as if we are a Christian and a non-Christian at the same time. So let's dive in and hear what he has to say. What difference does being a Christian make? How would you answer that question? What difference does being a Christian make? Is there really that much of a difference between the way a Christian thinks and a non-Christian thinks? The way a Christian behaves and the way a non-Christian behaves? What marks you as being different to your non-believing friend down the road? You may or may not have heard of the idea of a worldview. To put it simply, a worldview is the way that a person views the world. It's the model that a person uses to make all of their decisions. And as we've been going through James, he's been sharing with us two different worldviews. The first, of being friends with the world. And the other, of being a friend of God. It's obvious which one of those a Christian should be, right? Two different mindsets. And James has been calling Christians, his readers, us, to stop being double-minded or in effect, to sort out our worldview. So what difference does being a Christian make? Well, James says it makes all the difference. Last week, we started looking at this section of James, and we saw James's advice in verse 1 of chapter 3. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And James gives us a a thorough diagnosis of the small part of our body called the tongue. And his point was that our tongues show what is on the inside. Just think of a tray full of drinks. Perhaps this has been you back when we did refreshments on a Sunday. You have all the teas, the coffees, as well as the squash for the children, all precariously balanced on one tray. What happens when that tray gets knocked? Well, whatever is inside the cup, well, it spills out. Just like that, our tongues, they show us what is on the inside. James has said that, and he probably got it from his older brother. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Jesus said, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And if we read James carefully, we'd see that James wasn't telling us to get a grip on our tongue. I mean, that would be an odd thing to do, wouldn't it? No, instead, what we see is that James is telling us what to do about it. Instead, we see what he says to do about it in this passage here tonight. I'm going to read for us James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. 
For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Take a look back at verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Now that phrase, wise and understanding, it's a phrase used of teachers in the Bible. If you see those words together, you tend to see someone in a position of teaching nearby. So we're still connected to what James has been saying before. So you could ask, what sort of teacher should you have? If not many should become teachers, then who should? But not only that, all Christians, all God's people are called to be wise and understanding. So there's something in all of this for everyone here this evening. So what marks someone who is wise and understanding? Well, it's their works. It's their good life. It's their deeds. It's what we've seen before, right? But where does that come from? Have a look again at verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. It comes from wisdom. We've heard a lot about wisdom as we've gone through James. Wisdom is James's way of saying worldview. What is it that at the very bottom of yourself is making the decisions? What do you truly believe and how does that affect you? What is going on in your heart? Or to return to the question we had at the start, what difference does being a Christian make? Well, James shows us two types of wisdom in this passage, earthly wisdom in verses 14 to 16 and heavenly wisdom in verses 17 and 18. So let's have a look at the first, shall we? Earthly wisdom, verses 14 to 16. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. We may read that verse and see it as obviously negative. Why would you want that sort of wisdom? But just think about it for a moment. You can watch a TV show like The Apprentice or The Great British Bake Off, Choose Your Fancy. Is the ambition there something celebrated or something that's seen as bad? When you look at politics, do you think of the ambition there as a good trait? Boris was known for being selfishly ambitious in his treatment of Theresa May, wasn't he? But that was seen as a positive thing, wasn't it? Come on, Boris, he's, he's really going for it. How many of our television shows revolve around the idea of envy and jealousy for someone else's stuff, for someone else's wife? Is that portrayed as earthly, unspiritual or even demonic? As with all of James, there is a whole load of Old Testament teeming beneath this passage. You could read from Genesis chapter 11. Would you call the ambition and envy shown in that passage good or bad? The Bible definitely says it's bad. You see, the wisdom of the world is tempting to us. And in some ways, it it seems to work. 
But you cannot be a friend of the world and a friend of God. You can't have a gallon of God over there and a dash of demonic over here. I think that is becoming plainly obvious in a number of ways, actually. As you see the news of transgenderism, or you see critical race theory being talked about, or even as you see marriage on the decline. As people turn away from God's wisdom and they try to invent their own, what does it lead to? Well, it leads to the T in LGBT fighting against the B. You see that in the news. You can't affirm that there's no gender and have two genders at the same time. Or as we see stuff about critical race theory, uh, what's known as CRT, as that grows, so does the disunity between different groups of people. As marriage is on the decline, you get more and more fatherless homes. That's what James is saying, disorder and every evil practice, all flowing from earthly wisdom. And how easy is that to leak into God's people? Let's see something a bit nicer, shall we? The other form of wisdom here, heavenly wisdom, verses 17 and 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Isn't that description far better? In fact, those items described, they're what we call godliness, right? That's the wisdom that James was saying we should ask for back in chapter 1, verse 5. That's the kind of wisdom that a Christian should display. That's the one that produces a harvest of righteousness. You could say you reap what you sow. That's what Hosea, who James is alluding to, here is saying. You remember Hosea? We looked at that uh, last year before lockdown happened. Hosea says this, Sow righteousness for yourself. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. Plant wickedness. Reap evil. It's as simple as a child choosing whether to plant a runner bean or a button. Which one would you rather? So what difference does being a Christian make? Well, James says it makes all the difference. Whether you are a friend of the world or a friend of God is such a foundational difference that it affects everything. It affects every part of you. And as we've been saying, that shows itself in what comes out of your mouth. So when it comes to teachers, well, what teachers should we want? The answer's obvious, isn't it? Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. We want teachers with godly wisdom, right? And as we follow God, which one should we display? Should we be displaying the selfishness of verse 14 to 16? Or should we be demonstrating the godliness of verses 17 to 18? Again, it's obvious. And the best thing of all is that God will help those who ask him. And he will give them godly wisdom. Remember the promise of James chapter 1 verse 5? I mean, we read it most weeks. Let me read it again. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That wisdom is available, and it's guaranteed. All you need to do is ask. Ask God, and it will be given to you. And not given modestly, not given... Uh, with some kind of grudge, but given generously. So let's spend some time now praying and asking God for that kind of wisdom, shall we? Well, hopefully that gave us some things to think about. Join us again next week. 
baby 